Hello, and welcome to Books, Booze, and Banter. <laughs> hey, what's good? I don't know why I made that so serious. <laughs> we got to make it a little bit awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Shalina. And I'm Chelsea. And welcome to our podcast, or welcome back. I just realized probably in the last episode, I don't think we introduced ourselves. Did we not? I don't think so. I mean, we were out of practice. Yeah, that was right. We were coming back after a month-long hiatus. So, you know, there's that. It can't be perfect all the time. No. We can't always get it right. We're like, we can't always include everything. We're either going to forget the name of our podcast or we're going to forget to introduce ourselves, one or the other. Or we're going to forget key elements to the book we read. Well, that's a given. That always happens. I know. To be fair, a lot of the times when we record these, it's like books that we have read either months ago and have had to refresh ourselves on it. Or we'll be like, hey, let's do this one. And then our schedules don't line up. So then it's another couple Even of further back. And yeah. And we've read like four books in between. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And so we're really just kind of making it up sometimes as we go and really yeah. trying to, hoping that our memory um, will return yeah. as we uh, go on with the story. But anyway, so let's get started. Yes. So our drink this time is fully made up and has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite kind of drink. Um, what do you make for us? I made a papaya vodka Sprite. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Go off then. Um, I saw the papaya punch in the store when I was buying the ingredients for the last drink in mm-hmm. the last episode, which we forgot to even mention was our 10th episode. And I feel like that was a milestone. <laughs> that is a very big milestone. We just completely glossed over. So welcome to the 11th episode. 11th. <laughs> look, really, we're celebrating this episode hard because Real hard. who cares about number 10? Number right. 11, that's the bigger milestone. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I got all the ingredients for these couple episodes together and I saw the papaya punch and I said, mm, that sounds good and will go good with vodka and let me grab some Sprite too. Perfect. I love the, you know, the uh, logic. Yeah. Very sound. Plus they only drink red wine and the housemaid. Oh yeah, we're doing the housemaid. That's what we're doing. Surprise motherfucker. And, uh, Frida McFadden. <laughs> I just wanted something a little spicier. So she calls this the house made up drink. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, speaking of spicy, this would have been good with like, I don't know, with like some tahini or something on it probably. Oh, yeah. It would have been. I do have tahini in the cabinet, but too late. All right. Let's see. Mmm. This is delicious. Mmm. Oh, shit. I feel like I've made a bevy of like spring summertime drinks the last couple of times. No, you really have. Like this drink... Take my Yeti cup, fill it up yeah. with some fucking ice, and pour this over it. Yeah. I'm going to sit outside on my back patio all fucking day. For real. Book? For real. You come over, bring a book. You That's what I'm saying. by the pool. It's not open right now, but we can still sit out there. You know what? Pool? Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Oh, my gosh. This is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry if y'all heard my slurping. Yeah, these are all dangerous drinks because I could slurp these down like water. Well, and that's the thing is it's one of those drinks to where it tastes so good that you really can just knock it out probably within five minutes yeah but then it's also concentrated enough to where it has or enough ingredients in there to where it'll knock you on your ass in about 10 minutes absolutely but i like it 10 yeah, out of 10 for sure you've been on a roll the last few drinks wow am i a secret bartender <laughs> <laughs> what is this what you do in your spare time no <laughs> <laughs> plot twist she doesn't actually read she's a bartender i'm just drinking She's just drinking the whole time and reading the notes I gave her. Yeah, I'm just uh, Googling plot summaries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hell yeah. 
Listen, Damn, that's good. I do read. I am on. I've read eighteen books so far this year. Damn, Gina. Not counting the two I reread because I had to reread The Perfect Marriage and Pretty Girls. Yeah. Which again, shout out to Karen Slaughter. Girl. Oh, good. Girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've read eighteen books so far. Dang, you on a roll. Yeah. I'm definitely have not read eighteen books. Which part of the problem was being in Italy for two weeks, yes. and so I looked there. At, I went to a bookstore. Nice. I need to send you the pictures because it was in Venice and it was oh. all over like, it maybe wasn't all over. And so I'd only found it from like looking up Italy stuff. Right. And it's like this random little bookstore and you can't even really tell it's a bookstore because it's like overcrowded with like vines and shrubbery and stuff like that. And it literally has like a little handwritten sign in front of it called the most beautiful bookstore in the world. Oh. And uh, literally it has a inside of it so it's in venice and it has like a gondola inside that's filled with books and then you walk through and on the other side there's this little um not not even really a courtyard it's just like a little outdoor thing Mm -hmm. and it has a staircase so to speak i say that with air quotes and it's books that are literally stacked on top of each other into like a staircase. And so, of course, I had to take pictures oh, of it yeah. and like take pictures on it. And then you like walk out through the exit area and there's like a whole entire outdoor wall of books oh, on both sides. God. And so, of course, I had to, you know, take another photo shoot out there in oh, that area. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this will be so cool for the podcast. Yeah. Um, but that was really dope. And I was like, well, I'm going to buy a couple books here. But it was kind of busy. And all the books were in Italian, yeah. and I'm very English. Yeah. So, but it you would be cool if you could find like, cop like Italian copies of books that you already. Well, like, yeah, and so I was kind of looking if we had had more time because yeah. we were trying to get to another, um, another area to see another site or something like that before they closed. Yeah. And so, had I had time to sit there in line or to kind of sit there and actually browse. Yeah then I definitely would have picked up some books, um, even if they were in Italian and I couldn't yeah. read them. You know, maybe I could read, like, the, the title. Yeah, well, that's what I was, I was kind of thinking. <laughs> or if it had the word chow. Yeah. <laughs> chow or Shibo. <laughs> that would be a cool thing to do, like, if you go, you know, other places, like, abroad and stuff like that, is to find, like, your favorite books. books in their language. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. then, I thought about that, too. It could be a good way to kind of learn the language a little bit, too. Or at least, like... You know, side yeah, by side. Side by, I was going to say side by side on. kind of translation. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Really That's smart. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the first thing that comes to mind for me. I've but, never actually read Harry Potter. Y'all don't come for me. I know, I know. Even my husband who does so, not read has read Harry Potter. That's what we should do around Christmas time. Is it's Harry you, Potter? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a Christmas story. <laughs> is it? Really. No, I was supposed to say really, what? Really. I've watched the movies. It's just Christmas nostalgia <laughs> around the holiday time that makes me think. But that would be a cute series, like a little mini series. And then during October, we have to do horror books. Well, duh. I have so many. (laughs) Okay. The Whisper Man for one. Oh, for sure. Stephen King, of course. Yes. Um, Imaginary Friend. I haven't read that one, but it's on my list. I still want you to read Tender as a Flush. Look, I almost picked it up. Okay, so right before (laughs) I left for Italy. Yeah, right before I left for Italy, I went to – Books a million, and I was looking for books to take with me, and I saw. Oh yeah, I think you texted me about it. Yes, maybe don't take that one with you. And I'm like, "Uh, do I want? Because it was like a, it was a pretty short book, and so I was like, oh, this would be an easy like plain read. And but then I was like, 
disturbing. I might, thing. yeah, I might not want to read that while I'm already like on the plane for, you know, eight and a half hours. Yeah. And um, people, if they do see me reading it, might, um, you know, judge me a little bit or get me kicked off the plane. Arguably <laughs> more disturbing than Pretty Girls. Really? Yeah. How? Oh my God. Uh, in different ways, in a different way. Because it's, there, it's a it's a close call. Because <laughs> there were times that I had to put pretty girls down because yeah. I was like, I'm disturbed, and so of course, like I need to take a minute to breathe and process with the subject matter and the fact that it's a virus that takes out like all uh, the typical meat that we eat. Um, so it's kind of like the egg thing that happened recently. To, to COVID, yeah. So it just made it even worse. I'm thinking of the fact that <laughs> eggs were like $8 yes, a fucking carton that, a few weeks ago. <laughs> and now I'm like, are the chickens going on strike? No, apparently there was like bird a flu. Yeah. yeah. Which terrifies me, okay? Like, okay, so I listened to this podcast. We'll kill you. Shout out to Exactly Right. Please um, pick us up. It is good. So yeah, that one's a good um, podcast. <laughs> Uh, I was listening to this podcast, We'll Kill You, and they redid the flu because that was like their first episode was on influenza. They redid it. And then they also had like a bonus episode uh, in their own little book club, which is all science books, obviously. But um, one of the guys on there, he was talking about like pandemics and things like that. And he mentioned the avian flu and he was talking about Arkansas a lot because all the goddamn chickens we have. And I was like, oh, my God, Yeehaw. the avian flu is going to start here. <laughs> so I got really freaked out about the avian flu and, you know, all the chickens. Look, <laughs> I just thought the chickens were going on strike. And I think I think the chickens were like, we've had a fucking enough of, enough of this. No more, you know, eggs, no more slaughtering. If you want our eggs, you're going to have to pay good money for them and therefore the price of eggs was eight to ten dollars a carton they're starting to come or, down a little bit yeah i know they have came down the cage-free ones i noticed are still like seven well so the cage-free ones are the ones i normally buy not to say that they're actually cage-free yeah. but you know i like to feel a little bit better whenever i buy them and so for like an 18 count it before i think it was like five mm -hmm. bucks six bucks maybe it couldn't have been more than I don't, I don't think I would have spent $6 on them. So my local Kroger, I think it might have been like five sixty-seven mm -hmm. hypothetically. And, but even now, like it's still six something dollars. And so it's came down from where it was because it was like $10. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. So I went to Sam's Club and of course you have to buy in bulk there. Uh -huh. And so I was like, I'm going to buy my egg whites and I'm going to buy my eggs here. Yeah. And we had, the smallest thing they had was 57 eggs. <laughs> It was literally a big ass. Yeah, well, no, it was literally like a big ass box, and I didn't realize how many eggs were in it until yeah. I brought it home. And so then we counted, and it was like fifty-seven eggs. And I'm like, so many. Eggs. And I'm like, what the fuck are we gonna do with all these eggs? Like, oh which luckily Dan eats a lot, and he. And yeah. I was like, look, every single morning you're gonna have to eat some eggs yeah. because I only eat one egg a day mixed with my egg whites. And so I do more egg whites than egg, but I was like, you're going to have to eat some of this. And I don't care if you, like, we're going to have eggs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. 
like we got to get rid of these because I'm not wasting money on these fucking eggs so, whenever okay. eggs are fucking $10 a carton right now. I, mean, I do like two to three eggs with my breakfast and then I put like three eggs minimum in mm-hmm. my tuna when I make it. Yeah. But I don't eat eggs every single day yeah. because my schedule's so weird. Sure. You know, I don't always feel like breakfast and then, you know, tuna just varies. But that's yeah. so funny. I don't know what the hell I would because I thought about that. I was like, maybe I'll just get some eggs from Costco. Yeah, like, no, well unless you want eighty five eggs. Yeah, <laughs> unless you want eighty five eggs, then I suggest you just uh deal with the price of eggs. Um, okay, you know what we did again? We didn't break the drink. We did. I was just about to say the same I mean, damn thing. 10, 10. Look, you know, 10 out of 10. Okay. The drink was delicious. Sure. <laughs> really amazing. It really it's like, getting to be. More papaya things? Yeah, we should because I was, it's just like, and it's not like too much papaya either to where it's like overpowering and tastes just like really sweet or anything like that or syrupy. And it complements Mm-hmm. So a very good like spring slash summer slash pool drink. Um, really pretty in our glasses. Throw my little bikini on and or really at this point because my summer bod is not there. My one piece and um, or a unitard. Honestly, I'm still in the belly. I don't care. You got to do what you got to do. Too lazy to buy new bathing suits. <laughs> well, it was just you know everything in Italy was minimally processed and yeah. it, they just don't have the preservatives and a lot of stuff the you know European Union has outlawed or banned that the FDA still allows mm-hmm. and so like I didn't have any issue like as much pasta and pizza gelato croissants like as much of that as I ate like I did not have any bloating yeah. I didn't have any um you know, acid reflux or anything like that. Good dream. Oh my God, it was amazing. And then I came back here and I had a grilled chicken salad from Chick-fil-A and thought that I was going to die because yeah. my stomach was so distended and, um, yeah, just upset. Yeah. And so I, st- and it's been two weeks since we've been back and I still like my GI system is not back to normal. Yeah. So that's where I'm at in life. I just, I told Dan, I was like, we just got to move to Italy. Yeah. Look, I work from home. It's fine. Like, I, work out just fine. I can work remotely in Italy. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm a contractor and I can't work on buildings that were, you know, built in like the 1300s. So figure it out, bro. <laughs> That's what I was like, it's a learning curve. You learn, so you'll just learn something new every single day. Yeah. yeah. We can still do the podcast with you in Italy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's plenty of time. Works out. Mm-hmm. We can do it remotely. When my fucking internet's working. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm sure they need nurses. Hello. There you can move to. There you go. Be a good time. All right. 10 out of 10 on the drinks bartender. Oh, we, d- yeah. we didn't even need Katie. I uh, know. We need to bring her back though. Yeah. Raise your hands if you want Katie on the pod again. I see a lot of hands. Good, I, good choice. I see hands. Okay, so let's get into The Housemaid by Frida McFadden. Yep. I think I've read literally seven or eight Frida McFadden books. Oh, my gosh. I downloaded some more because um, (laughs) Word to the Wise, I bought this one from Books A Million, but you don't actually have to buy a lot of her books from Books A Million because a lot of them are free on Kindle. Yes. So I did not realize that until after I read this one and I was trying to look up some of her other books or like the second book to The Housemaid. Yeah. And I was like, wait, there's so many books on here. And I think The Housemaid is 
I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's free as well. Yes, and it is because I, I have it on Okay, Kindle. I was like, wait, why did I pay for this book whenever it's free? You no, know? I have it on Kindle Unlimited. Um, well, even without Kindle Unlimited because I don't have Kindle Unlimited. I just have regular Kindle. Oh, yeah, so because I think – because don't you have to pay for Kindle Unlimited? Yeah, I think okay. it's like 10 bucks a month. Yeah, and so, I, of course, I'm on my mom's Amazon account because I can't be bothered to pay for shit. <laughs> and, and, you know, also I can't pay for like Netflix, Hulu, or anything else. And so – it's all on my mom's. Um, <laughs> so I log into her account on my iPad and have the Kindle app. But a lot of books are still free on the regular Kindle app, um, okay. not Kindle Unlimited. And I'm pretty sure this one is. Um, so just BT dubs. And so I downloaded a couple other of her books that are free. Can't wait to read those. So I've read The Surrogate Mother, The Perfect Son, The Locked Door, The Housemaid, The Housemaid Secret, The Inmate, Never Lie. All by Freedom FM. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I did not read The Housemaid Secret. I heard mixed reviews. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I was not that much of a fan. We'll get there. Yeah. Let's get through The Housemaid first. Yes. The Housemaid. Okay, so this book starts out with Millie. But you don't know her name. I, the prologue is like a, an ominous thing. It's mm-hmm. like someone's sitting there and they're getting interrogated by the cops. Or they're worried they're going to find the body up in the attic. And they're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. what's wrong? Like, I'm going to go to jail. There's no way I'm not going to jail. I'm totally going to jail. And then one of the cops is like, hey, you got to come see this. And then it's just like setting up the story basically that there's been a murder. Something happened. Something happened. Who done it? And the person in the interrogation you think is responsible. So that's where it starts out. And then it cuts to um, Millie, who we find out is in a job interview with Nina Winchester, which. And she is fancy with a capital fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lives on this beautiful, huge house in Long Island. Um, the epitome of rich white lady. Rich. <laughs> so upon my again, because again, this is one a book I read a while ago, and then I reread some of it <laughs> a little bit. Ago. <laughs> Skimmed it. <laughs> and, um, Millie's kind of a bitch, and I didn't realize that on the first reading, mm-hmm. and then uh, reading the sequel, I realized it a lot more, but reading this one, like, the way she's describing Nina is just a little harsh. Yeah. Little I think harsh. it, well, I think it's just a jealousy thing, though. Yeah. Because it's very much like, you know, she lives in her fancy house yeah. with her all-white clothes, yeah. and she's really not that pretty, but yeah. she has, you know, she's decent looking, I yeah. guess, and so I think it's just a matter of, like, because we find out um, at some point that Millie's spent the last 10 years in jail yeah. and she's like, if she knew what I was or who I was, she wouldn't hire me. Yeah. I know I'm not going to get this job, blah, 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 blah. So I think it's very much just the envy of the situation, um, the house, you know, everything. Maybe I just take extra offense to it because like in my head I have like either it's stated or just like hinted at that Nina's like around a size 14, 16 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like I wear a size 14 jean and she's just like, she's just kind of dumpy and she only looks good because she has money. And I'm like, dang, what you trying to say? Yeah, like, uh, excuse me, bitch ass. I look yeah. amazing. You do. Okay. You look fine as fuck. Shout out to your personal trainer, Eric. Not to say that he did all the work, but no, he helped. But he's, he's helped motivate me for sure. Yeah. For sure. Four months strong, man. Yeah. Shout out to Eric. We're going on uh, five months here. 
Yeah, shout out to Eric. Anyways. I like your face right now. It's like really glowy. Oh, thanks. Like what highlighter are you using? I actually don't have highlighter on. What? I think it's partly the um, Peach and Lily Transparency Vitamin C Mm -hmm. serum that I wear. And the NARS Natural Radiant. I know. You always say that. That NARS fucking foundation. Well. Best foundation I've ever put on my face. And like your face is like nice and glowy. I like a good glowy face. But anytime I try to make my face look glowy, it just looks oily. And so there's like a fine line for me between like whenever I first put my makeup on, it looks kind of glowy. But then by the end of the day, it just looks oily. And even Dan will be like, you're looking shiny. (laughs) And I'm like. You have to find the right combo product. I know. Well, and that's where it's like I just don't even try to make my face look glowy anymore because I think. I thought it would be contributing more so to my oiliness at the end of the day, but it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter like what I put, like if I mattify or if I glowify yeah. at the beginning of the day, yeah. the end of the day, I'm going to be looking oily as fuck. Like you can cook chicken with how much oil is on my forehead. Oily skin is what you want because it helps prevent well, I still got wrinkles all up in this fucking skin. forehead. Like it's the damn, like I've got speed bumps. Well, in just because you're in, expressive. Mm, sure, we'll call it that. <laughs> my worry lines are literally like fucking speed bumps on my forehead. And stress. <laughs> and stress. And worry. And, and chronic and chronic anxiety. <laughs> PTSD. I mean, the works. But um, yeah, no, it's because I'm expressive. We'll say that. Yeah. But no, for real. Shout out to Peach and Lily because that vitamin C is 10 out of 10. And I might have to try it. Okay, fun fact. That or Botox. uh, I follow them on Instagram and everything. Mm -hmm. And when they were launching that product, they had a sign up to where you could try it before it hit the market. And I got picked to try it. And I had to take a couple pictures. They put me on their Instagram story. It's such a good thing. Look at you, influencer. I wish. (laughs) So do you get like a discount on the product now? No. Oh, that's lame. That'd be cool. But the whole first bottle was free, and it lasted me over a year. Really? Yeah. Damn. It only takes a couple drops. And honestly, from gaining weight, I have stretch marks on my stomach now. Mm-hmm. And I've been putting the, the vitamin C on that, and it's been lightening them. Hmm. From so, losing weight? No, from gaining. Well, I had them from gaining weight. Oh, okay. I'm losing weight. They're still there. Okay, okay. Gotcha. They're darker. So I was about to say, but you're not gaining. Them. You're losing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been putting it on there, and it's been helping. So nice. get some peach and lily vitamin C transparency. Peach and lily, um, if you're listening, send me some. Please. <laughs> I would like some more, please. Because I would like to try it. Like 90% of my skincare routine is yours. So please send me some more things. Anywho. All right, moving along. Back to the story. Back to the <laughs> premise of this whole entire podcast. Yeah. So she uh, is interviewing, Millie is interviewing for a housemaid position mm-hmm. with Nina Winchester, which shout out to the Winchesters. <laughs> Sam and Dean, if you're listening, my husband loves you. <laughs> I've never watched a full episode. I love you too, Dean, so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so she's like, I'm never going to get this job, whatever. Boo-hoo, whatever. why me? We. I'm living in my car. Oh, yeah, she's living in her car, showers, like, once every three to four days, yeah. basically, because she has to go to, like, the truck stop, mm-hmm. which is kind of sketch. Um, mm-hmm. 
And she's just really having a rough go of it since she got out of prison, of course, because she does have a felony charge on her record. And so, of course, we know it's really difficult for people coming out of that to uh, get jobs or be on their feet, which, of course, the American system is really fucked up. Mm -hmm. And so it really makes it impossible for people not to be... um, put back in prison basically because at least in prison they know they're going to get three square meals a day and have you know food clothing shelter Mm -hmm. um whereas you know afterwards it's just really hard for them to um you know sustain but that's where I was another side note I used uh I watched the show on Netflix and it was called like world's most dangerous prisons or something Mm -hmm. like that it was really interesting and so this guy would like go and spend like a week in prisons in different countries Mm -hmm. um and basically live as an inmate would just to see like how like what it was like Mm -hmm. and the process and everything and he would be booked like a regular inmate um and so he went to one and I want to say it was in Norway I might be wrong um but it was very very different than any other like prison they actually rehabilitate yes and so that's what it was is they actually rehabilitate people like they got i want to say they got to wear regular clothes Mm -hmm. or somewhat regular clothes um there was like all of these um it reminded me of like a rehab for like speech pt and ot where they had like adls um and basically programs to rehabilitate them into society and they're like re like their reoffend rate i guess so to speak or um re-imprisonment rate was like less than five yeah. percent and like 95 percent or more of their inmates were successful after they were released because, um I mean, especially here most of the people that are in prisons are for like drug charges mm-hmm. non-violent offenses things like that if you can't rehabilitate those people or even if it is a felony charge mm-hmm. like for example what she well we can't really use her as an example because she goes on to continue to do what she what sure yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but you know like felony drug charges or other non-violent i was gonna say non-violent crimes are felony yeah yeah, charges it's really hard to be able to get out and find like jobs yeah jobs that can actually support you Mm -hmm. and help you get out of the system that probably led you to well, there in the and, first place. Well, and have just like a steady job in general because so many people mm-hmm. won't hire you. Like I remember at my last job, um, it was they wouldn't hire anyone with a felony charge. Right. Um, even though they would hire plenty of people that had their professional licenses suspended. Um make any sense Yeah, you're telling me. And so we like interviewed this one guy for you know, a very, like, low-grade position, um, wasn't going to be in contact with any patients, really, just, like, um, you know, a very low-grade position, low-paying. He just wanted something steady that offered, like, benefits um, for him and his kid. And, uh, but during the interview, my, you know, my colleague asked him, or she told him, she was like, you know, we don't hire anybody with um, uh, felony charges. Like, it's just like a a rule it's not my rule and he's like oh damn and so basically he had a charge like a drug charge from 20 something years prior and even though he had served his time in prison like the only job that he could really get was working at a liquor store yeah and that didn't offer benefits and you know basically paid him under the table because he couldn't seek out or obtain a you know, normal job because of his record from, you know, forever ago for a nonviolent crime. It's shitty. 
the yeah. system isn't it's, set up well, to it's set up for failure. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's set up for failure after the fact, yeah. too. So. But that's our soapbox. Back yeah. to the story. <laughs> Back to the actual reason we're here. <laughs> so she gets a call denying her from, like, this fast food job. And then she's all bummed. But then right after that, Nina Winchester calls her and is like, hey, I still want to give you this job. And it's been like, when can you start? Like and she's like, oh, my God, tomorrow. And she's like, wait, no, do you need it back? And she's like, no, no, no I'm a fast packer. Yeah, because she lives in her car. Everything's right there. Yeah. So red flag number one, she gets to the house. Um, she sees the hot Italian gardener mm-hmm. who can't speak English. For me, Nina was a red flag. Well, yeah, but he's just like, danger, danger. Don't yeah, he here. said something in Italian. She looked it up and it meant danger, yeah. which I looked it up and it said, because she was saying, nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. And whenever I looked up the same phrase, Google said it means nice to meet you. Or she said, hi, my name is Millie or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm the new housemaid. And then the phrase that he repeated back that I looked up said, nice to meet you. Interesting. But then the word the word that she looked up or something like that yeah, said yeah, danger. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I'm so confused. I can't think of the... I think, I think the way it was written was like he had said something. He'd said that nice to meet you and then mumbled something. Mm -hmm. And she only caught that last word. Mm. And I don't remember what the word is in Italian. I can only think of it in Spanish, which is peligroso. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it means danger. Anyway. Uh, But yeah, no, the first major red flag is Nina. And she's like, hey. This is going to be your room. It's up in the well, attic. No, even before that, the fact that Nina called. So I thought it was a red flag, the fact that Nina called her back and obviously hadn't done a background check. Because Nina does, sure. in the interview, Nina's telling her, like, she meets her creepy-ass child. Oh, and yeah. so there's a daughter who's, like, nine or something like that named Cecilia. She's pretty creepy looking. I'm thinking. The corn. Yeah, I'm thinking red rum kind of thing. Um, But Nina didn't do a background check on her. Otherwise, she would have seen that she had a felony charge. Not to say someone can't be hired whenever they do have a felony charge, but if you – we find out later what the charge was for, and had you looked that up and seen it, then, you know, you probably wouldn't have that kind of person in your house with your child. But now we know that she did actually – anyway, we'll get there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she hired her for a reason. Yeah. So. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, lots of red flags right off the bat, <laughs> but the biggest one to me was definitely her, uh, bedroom. Yeah. Her bedroom. Mm-hmm. It's small. The attic. In the attic, slanted ceiling, window, barely bigger than your face, doesn't open because it's painted shut. And the biggest red flag, well, it also has a cot in it mm-hmm. instead of an actual bed, mm-hmm. a refrigerator with three small water bottles. Yeah mini fridge and then the door locks from the outside the outside yeah which she doesn't realize until like i think she like actually gets yeah, in the room and, she, and she's like, like i don't have a lock on like the inside and then she yeah. realizes there's a lock on the outside yeah. which like, hey. red flag yeah she's like, can i have a key and he's like yeah sure 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 i need a key um or she's at first she's like being weird and she's like, Well, what do you need a key for? Like, what are you trying to hide from us? And then she like plays it off, like, I'm kidding. Yeah. Of course you can have a key. Yeah. It's and I'm so, like, what? It's all strange. What what person doesn't want their own privacy? Like You know what drives me crazy about this book the most though? And it happens in the second one too. It's that um she talks about how much money she's getting, but there's never a dollar amount. And I get it because like 
it would date the book, Mm -hmm. you know, because obviously $10,000 now is nothing, nothing. Sure. $10,000, you know, 30 years ago would be $50,000. Sure. Yeah. In today's money. She doesn't, but I'm also like, how much money are you making? Yeah. Because she says she makes really good money, like more than she's going to make anywhere else in fast food or whatever. But like, how much? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also, why don't you like buy things? Yeah. Or like save. I don't know. It's just all strange. I don't know. That's yeah. But maybe she doesn't do that on purpose because of just like, of course, it's like locational. And right. so what she's probably making up there in where wherever the book New is set. York. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's probably like six, too. like probably like my salary here. Yeah. Yeah. And, but this is Arkansas. Right. So. <laughs> so anywho, that that just bothered me. But um, so things go on. She, I think maybe like the first big incident that happens is that little uh child of the corn cecilia is like oh, i'm hungry and she's like okay i'll make you a peanut butter and banana sandwich and she's like mm-hmm. or like ritz crackers and peanut butter and banana and she's like making this all up and like oh it's super cute i made this for you and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you i'm allergic yeah i'm allergic to peanuts are you trying to kill me yeah and then she like screams for her mommy and it comes out and she's like how dare you you're trying to kill her i told you she was allergic there was and she like clearly never told millie yeah. that Cecilia was allergic to peanuts never, and never ever never. Millie's just like uh, okay I'm sorry like I won't do it again like yeah. I must have forgot blah 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 and Nina's just like well please keep a list so that way this doesn't happen again in the future like yeah. complete 180 from like the super nice right. like well and then she says too like whenever she came in the house and it had only been like a week since she interviewed mm-hmm. whenever she came in to interview the house was of course in like immaculate oh, condition yeah, yeah. And Spotless then she came back, and the house literally looked like her, Hurricane Katrina had been right. through there. Yeah, like and so much shit everywhere. Yeah, I mean trash everywhere, pizza boxes, food plates, tampons, like everything, all, all all things, Just all the things. The slobbiest slobs. And when she meets Andrew, he doesn't even bat an eye at the mess. He's just like, yeah, we kind of need some help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Andrew is Nina's husband. Um. And he, of course, is immediately, as they always are, attractive mm-hmm. and very successful, mm-hmm. wears a suit, provides for the family while Nina does God knows what all day long, but just right. needs so much help because she, um, you know, has it so rough uh, with no job. Well, and even Millie's like, okay, well, if she's allergic to peanut butter, why the fuck do you have like, a jar of peanut butter? That's always my concern, too, is if, like, what if I have a kid who's allergic to peanut butter? Right. And I live off of peanut butter, basically. Right. Uh, like, every day, probably at least twice a day, um, I eat peanut butter. See, I always want to eat peanut butter, and then I forget I have peanut butter, as evidenced by the fact that I literally bought some apples, and I was like, ooh, I should get some peanut butter. Bought peanut butter, went home, have an entire unopened jar of peanut butter. I never forget about my peanut butter, girl. I do all the time. I remember I had a preceptor in uh, – when at grad school or whenever I was in um, my program and I was doing clinicals mm-hmm. and she, I said something about like peanut butter or something. I was like, yeah, girl, I go through like a jar of peanut butter a week. Like I love peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And she's like, peanut butter. That's a lot, of, like a jar a week. That's a lot of calories and fat. And I'm like, bitch, I also go to the gym like seven days a week. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Rude. Well, I have a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure like especially my freshman year of college whenever I was like 
ridiculously busy and all I literally all I did, which I mean, a, a party and stuff too, but especially like mainly worked and, um, you know, yeah, literally just worked in like, I guess did school. And I remember a lot of times, like whenever I'd be studying at night yeah, and downstairs in like the lobby or the study room of my dorm, I would literally have like a jar of peanut butter in one pocket. Like I'd have like this big oversized jacket and I'd have a <laughs> jar of peanut butter right here. And then with an apple and a spoon in my other pocket so that way I could take a bite of my apple and take a bite of my peanut butter. Um, And that would be like, that would be my meal a lot of times because I didn't really have time to eat. And um, and so it was just apples and peanut butter and uh, microwave macaroni and cheese. There you go. So. There you go. I used to do ramen and I'd buy like popcorn chicken and put popcorn chicken in Oh, yeah. That sounds good. I was never a big ramen fan in the first place. It wasn't something that uh, was on my grocery list, but... The little packages or containers of microwave mac and cheese, mm-hmm. um, Velveeta shells and oh, cheese, yeah, sure. of course. Absolutely. And I don't know how I'm not tired of it to this day. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that and peanut butter and apples. And uh, that was pretty much it. I don't know how I don't, I'm not like, you know, diabetic or something. Youth. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, the metabolism of my youth, but wish I still had that. Anyway, <laughs> moving along, back to the story. Wow. Yes. Let's get our life together. No, we're just tangent. Tangent. This is the episode of Tangents. Anyways. Uh, so, let's see. I don't know. She, like, Mina just keeps getting, like, crazier and more, crazier. Yeah, more and more looted. She will tell her one thing and then do the opposite. Like, she, like, frantically tells her to go pick her up from school one day. Tells her the wrong place. And then, yeah, tells her, like, the Winter Academy or something Which like does that. not and exist like or it's somewhere else. Academy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she gets there. One of the other snooty moms is like, I pick Cecilia up every Wednesday. Let me give her a call. And of course, Millie's tried to call Nina. And she's not answering. answering. Yeah. She answers immediately when the mom calls. And it's just like, yeah, no, of course you're supposed to pick her up. Yeah. And so it just makes Millie look even worse. But because she's so convinced that she is never going to get a job anywhere else. She like works hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, Nina is like six setting her up for failure and um we're getting really the gist that nina might be psychotic which maybe so am i yeah don't tell dan (laughs) (laughs) don't tell him (laughs) i don't think so but me (laughs) never uh and so like andrew he's popping in and out but he's starting to show up a little bit more they uh have a moment where like they all have dinner together um, cause Nina's out of the house doing something. And, uh, of course, Cecilia doesn't want the steak that's prepared. Of course, a steak, God forbid. <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, Andrew shows Millie how to make the chicken nuggets for her. And it's kind of like a little flirtatious moment. This whole time, Millie's like, oh, I can't fall for my boss. He's married. He's married. I can't fall for him. So red flag number two. Mm-hmm. Andrew is perfect with a capital P. Yeah. You know what else starts with a P? Yeah. Psycho. Mm-hmm. I said, is Nina crazy or does Andrew make her crazy? I don't trust him because no one's that perfect because he's no. just so, like he, you know, he's so okay with the house being a complete wreck, mm-hmm. like whatever. But then he's always so loving and kind and patient with Cecilia and, which, you know, his Cece, his kid, sure. But then with Nina, too, who's, mm-hmm. you know, 
at this point you're thinking maybe bipolar. Mm-hmm. And so he's just so, you know, perfect, literally perfect yeah. in, in human form. And even Millie says, is, talks all the time about how perfect he is. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't trust anybody that's, no. you know, that allegedly perfect. Um, so like I said, Psycho also starts with a P. So oh, remember yeah. that, ladies. For sure. And gents. And, and they uh, thems. Yeah, it's just all, it's all so strange. Like, there's a moment where Millie's like, oh, I think I'm going to sneak and watch some TV. And then Andrew comes down, um, gets some water and watches Family Feud with her. They have mm-hmm. another little moment. And Nina comes down and freaks the fuck out and is like, you're not allowed to watch TV in the living room anymore, blah, blah, blah. And Andrew's just like, oh, yeah, sorry, I do have an early morning. Let me go to bed. And uh, they end up having a fight later on. And Millie freaks out because um, she hears like a crash or whatever. Nina comes out and is bleeding. And she's like, well, I'm not leaving till I see Andrew, basically. Because, yeah, she doesn't see him and she wants to make sure he's okay. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's just a whole lot of, like, escalating events. There's, like, a PTA thing that they're having mm-hmm. and all the women are, like, talking shit. And I think that's when um, Millie finds out that Nina was uh, hospitalized. Yes. for point. Yeah, for so, a psychotic break. Yeah. And allegedly tried to kill Cece, her yes. daughter, whenever she was a baby. She mm-hmm. allegedly tried to drown her. And the fact that Andrew stayed with her is just very interesting. Yeah. Like, mental health is a very... Touchy subject. Touchy and varied and all of that. Yeah, of course. It would be really difficult for, um, I think, anyone to... You can support the person that tries to kill their kid uh, without letting them back in the house and being in charge. Of yeah, of course. Yeah, you know I just I mean? wouldn't. I wouldn't feel safe. Like if you know my partner, whoever, like tried to kill my kid yeah. in the bathtub, then of course, like I don't think I would allow them to be unsupervised with right. the child in the future. Right. Um. But yeah, like you said. Um. But and then one like notable thing is in the attic. Um, she tries to come out at one point and she panics because the door's stuck and then she like pulls on it and try and then like takes a deep breath and tries again and it opens. And so there was this like brief panic moment where she thought the door, um, was locked from the outside, but it actually wasn't Mm -hmm. or so we thought. Right. Also, uh, during this whole time, Andrew and Nina are allegedly trying for another child. Yeah. They go to this special fertility doctor um, because they've been trying for a while now and it hasn't happened. And they come back from the appointment in which before Millie is there with Cecilia who throws fit and like throws. She says she wants a bologna sandwich and she says she actually wants want a bolognese sandwich yeah. or something like that. I don't and, know. And uh, she's like, what the fuck is that? And then she just throws the bread and meat everywhere. And then right after that, of course... Andrew and Nina come home and um, they're both really upset because they didn't hear the news that they wanted to hear that they basically couldn't have a kid. Yeah. Uh, And Nina goes upstairs. Millie tries to console Andrew and he's like, you know, I think that's when she finds out that uh, he's not biologically. Yeah. Um, And so he's been really wanting a kid of his own. Sure. So he's upset because 
you know, he really wanted that and it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I also kind of, like, like I've said before, I theorize everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, is Millie the crazy one from her time in prison? Like, you know, of course, right. like, you know, shit that happens in prison will kind of make you crazy afterward. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, is she, like, is she like having a psychotic break or like having, you know, some kind of mental health issues or yeah. something like that from her time in prison? Like, is she really imagining everything or, you know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so Nina's just getting crazier and crazier, mm-hmm. and Millie and Andrew are getting closer and closer. Yeah, as and as you do. Enzo's in the background; he pops up every once in a while, brings in groceries, and does little nice things for Millie, and is like slowly speaking more English. I don't. Uh, spoiler alert: He can obviously speak English. Mm-hmm. He's just pretending the entire time. But like, why? Yeah, I don't. Under, I didn't understand the premise of pretending like you don't speak English to Millie. Yeah, who's the housemaid? Yeah, and I, I can get it. Maybe your employers because yeah. you don't want to like talk to them because it's a bunch of snooty rich yeah. people that like don't care about the help. So I can get why he does it with them, but, but with Millie, yeah, that doesn't make doesn't any make sense. sense. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're like taking the time to try and warn her. Yeah. That it's dangerous in that house. Like, why not just fucking spit it? I was out? about to say, why say try? Why talk to her in Italian that she obviously does not speak? Yeah. Warn her in Italian, or why didn't she just tell her in English? Yeah, you obviously because she just keeps speaking to him in Spanish. Yeah, like, <laughs> so she speaks ma'am. to him in Spanish a lot. <laughs> Which honestly, I think. Sp- from because I'm my, they're close. They're close. My <laughs> Spanish no, but listen, my Spanish is pretty decent. And then whenever I was doing my Italian lessons, a lot of the words were the exact same, if oh, not similar. similar yeah. But then we had a waiter whenever we were in Italy and we were talking about Spanish or something like that. And he was very adamant that they are nowhere near the same and that don't even associate the two together because they're not I'm sure they're very proud, but they're both based on <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. I was just like, oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure, I'm sure to native speakers, they don't seem the same. Well, sure. But they're pretty similar. <laughs> Look, the Italians and the Spanish speakers are about to come for us. Oh, probably. They're going to be like, you stupid ass Americans who don't know shit. They don't sound anything You basic right. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Moving along. Um, so Nina or so basically Andrew decides to tell Millie to get these tickets for Nina because this Broadway show tickets yeah. because it would be great for her. She's going through a rough time, of course, with the news about them being, um, you know, unable to conceive. And so Millie, you know, coordinates with Nina. When's the best date for you? Nina tells her next Sunday and Millie books it for next Sunday. But of course that is not allegedly what Nina says. And Nina throws a fit. It's the end of the world. And so they had already booked the tickets to the Broadway show and to uh, the, for the crown um, Plaza hotel Mm -hmm. or the Plaza hotel, not the crown Plaza, my bad, the Plaza hotel (laughs) in the city as you do whenever you're that rich. Um, And so you, you know, casually stay the night there. And uh, so it was the end of the world because Nina was not going to get to go because Cece was going to camp. She was dropping her off and staying there, la si right. So as luck would have it, I guess Millie and Andrew are going to go without Nina's knowledge. Yeah, he's 
like, ah, he pacifies her. And then Andrew's like, Millie, you just take the tickets. And she's like, I don't have friends. Yeah. Oh, I don't in, have anybody to go with. I've been in prison for 10 years. <laughs> she didn't say that part, obviously. But she's like, I don't have any friends. And he's like, oh, my God, I'll go with you. And she's like, wow. You would do that for me? Which she has a bag that Nina gave her of all her old clothes. She's like, oh, I just won't fit in these clothes anymore. I need you to donate them. Wait a minute. You must be. What size are you? And she's like, oh, a size six. And she's like, oh, these are all sixes and eights. You the whole, take them. The whole entire episode, them. we just, or the whole entire episode of this podcast, we just need to go through and voice over the whole entire yeah. book. <laughs> Can you imagine us doing entire narration? That's what I'm I saying. Like to be Nina I feel, Winchester. I feel like our narrations are pretty spot on and as to what it would actually sound like. Okay, probably not. Could you imagine? But it's just our exaggerations and embellishments. I will be playing the part of Nina Winchester. Yes. You are a rich white bitch. I can tell. Like, it's just, ma'am, <laughs> she's so... Everyone is annoying. Yeah. But it was, it's, I really like this book. Like, yeah, I did too. Everyone's annoying. All right. Uh, so, yeah, she gives her those. So, she wears one of the dresses that Nina has given her. And Andrew's like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You look so hot. And they go to the play and they have a wonderful time. And then they go to dinner and they're drinking wine and they drink too much wine. And they're like, well, just stay at the room with me. It's just, and then, of course, you know what happens there. Some freaky shit happens at the plaza. Of course. Of course. And they're like, oh, like, I reg-, you know, in the morning, like, oh, this can't happen again, but I don't regret it, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And so then, you know, the awkwardness of being at the house together with Nina there and, you know, so on and so forth, as you do. So, yeah. they, isn't it? Okay, so this is the part where I didn't reread it, but isn't like a fight happen or something? Something between Andrew and Nina. And there was some kind of fight. Yeah. And something happens and he kicks her out. Yeah. Basically, he's like, I don't want you anymore. I don't love you anymore. This is my house. You need to leave. And he, she, you know, assumes that it's because of Millie. Yeah. And he owns up to it. And he's like, yeah, no, I love Millie. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to be together. You need to leave. Right. And she makes a big scene. It's the end of the world. Um, you know, very dramatic about the whole entire thing, packs her stuff and gets the hell out of Dodge. Right, right. And then Millie moves into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. She moves all of her shit down from the attic. She's exploring the house more. It's her. Well, she hadn't moved all of her shit yet. Okay. Because she goes up there later to really get everything, to finish getting everything. But she starts kind of staying in their room. Um, They're hooking up more. It's heaven on earth yeah. and she goes to the library and gets some books oh no like but he has a bookshelf on in the house yeah and while she of course the library in the room. oh yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so they have a library in the house and while he's out and of course she's now playing the role of nina where she has nothing to do all day mm-hmm. and because she's no longer the housemaid but she still is cleaning and doing some things um, and so she hangs out on the couch and reads, you know, flips through a couple of Andrew's books and leaves them laying out on the table. She falls asleep. Um, Doesn't she? Well, I think whenever he, like, comes home, they start – or at one point she's, like, moving stuff out of the attic and they start getting freaky in the attic. Mm-hmm. And she falls she asleep, falls asleep in, the in the attic. And so then she wakes up and, lo and behold, the door is locked mm-hmm. or stuck, so she thinks. But it – 
plot twist it's not actually stuck millie is locked in the attic dun 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 this was one of the first books i think i read by frida mcfadden and she does it almost i knew that shit was coming though literally okay so it like this is because she planted the seed of the locked door yes Mm -hmm. this is her thing she she will guide you one way where you're like this is the most obvious thing in the world Mm -hmm. and then there's always something else that makes it a little bit of a twist yeah so i knew obviously there's something going on with andrew i didn't get the locked door thing like i knew that that was going to come into play somehow Somehow, sure but i was thinking more it was like him and Millie were going to plot to keep Nina up there yeah. and kill her up there. And that's how they were going to get rid of Nina. Yeah, I thought as it was. As opposed to. I kind of thought it was going to be like a him and Nina situation too. Yeah. Um, to where they're like some kind of, not necessarily sadistic, but maybe like some kind of serial killers right. or something like right. that. And like a tag team kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's like the end of part one. Millie's locked in the mm-hmm. attic for real, for real. For real, for real. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And then. <laughs> and then goes to part two. Yeah. And it's at this point, it's from Nina's point of view. Oh, motherfucker. Sadistic. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, and literally in the, the part two, like the chapter is like um, Nina's basically guide on how to get rid of her sadistic yeah. evil, evil husband. <laughs> it's like a how to. <laughs> And, back to yeah, back. like a little how to <laughs> blog on how to get rid of your sadistic evil husband. Yeah. Um, and that's where we kind of learn that. Andy had been really sadistic to Nina. Uh-huh. So um, he locked her in there for any little indiscretion. He would lock her in the room for days at a time, only with those three water bottles, mm-hmm. the bucket. Oh, we forgot the bucket. There's a bucket, yeah, in the closet for uh, um, excrement. Mm-hmm. And, and he drugged her. And yeah. he drugged her, the fir- I think, the first time or whatever, mm-hmm. because her the roots of her hair were not done. Right. And so he's like, you haven't had had your hair done. And she's basically like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'll get it done. And so her roots were showing, mm-hmm. um, which was a big no-no. But shit, I'd be in the so, for a long time. Uh, shit, yeah. I don't, man, I, don't, I only get my hair done twice a year, girl. Like, yeah, my roots will be up four inches before I finally go and get my hair done. Same. But, but, like, it's so, a shadow root now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a smudge look. Um, and so that's basically, you know, same kind of scenario with Millie is he put her in there. Because she left the books sitting out, his yeah. books, and she yeah. didn't take care of the books yeah. and put them back where they so go. He's like, you need to be punished. So she's locked in the attic with three heavy ass books. And Millie's yeah. described as a really small person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the torture he has for her, like she has to hold these books on her for, I don't remember. It was how like long. five hours. Yeah, for mm-hmm. a really long time, which I mean, three heavy books, hold it on her stomach. Yeah um lay down on the floor and then she does it yeah she ends up doing it and he's like no you took it off one minute too soon now you have to start over and so she does it for like five minutes five hours and ten minutes the next time Mm -hmm. but then from nina's perspective like she was because of her roots or whatever like she um had to pull out like 100 hairs and it had to have a follicle attached And he did the same type of shit where she pulled it out, put it in the envelope, slid it under the door like he requested. And he was like, oh, no, there's one hair missing a follicle. You have to start over. And so she pulled like 120 or 110 hairs out the next time um, to make sure, you know, there were ample amounts and he didn't have any room. And then he finally let her out whenever she's like dehydrated, incoherent, starving. Um, And so a lot of really fucked up shit. And that's, yeah. And so that's horrible 
So she starts plotting that she needs to get rid of him somehow. And she's going to basically let herself go. But only after. Well, she starts that part. Well, even with the whole, like, all of the times that he held her in the attic, that's where... She was drugged, and Cece, whenever she was a baby, was drugged, and he put her in the bathtub with the water running Mm -hmm. and had Nina laid on the bed, like, passed out, and then did a welfare, like, called the police for a, you know, quote-unquote welfare check. Yeah. And that's where it came in, and it looked like she had, she woke up about the same time because he had been calling her phone. Yeah. And she went in there, and it looked like she was trying to, like, drown her drugged child, Mm -hmm. and so that's where she ended up being in the psych ward for, like, eight months. Yeah. So he basically framed her to make it seem like she was psychotic and Mm -hmm. had a psychotic break and wanted to set up this whole narrative so that when he continued to abuse her, Mm -hmm. no one would believe her because she already had this history. Yeah. Mental health history. So, so fucked fucked up. up. Yeah. So hard for people to even believe women. When it comes to abuse stories, and then it's also really easy in something like this where you can make a woman seem crazy mm-hmm. and people will believe it because bitches be crazy and it's they do. super fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, Nina starts plotting to either get rid of Andy somehow or uh, how she's going to get out. And so she's kind of re- not necessarily – purposely but Enzo the gardener or the landscaper is um has decided to try and help her because yeah. he knows what Andy is doing yeah, his sister had an abusive mm-hmm. husband or whatever and I think he ended up killing her or something like that um, yeah yeah um so he's he's Enzo is gonna help yeah in, the, in these kind of situations but mm-hmm. yeah so she starts letting herself go and like kind of leaning into the fact that everyone in their social circle thinks that she's nuts and off a rocker mm-hmm. um, while also searching for someone. Like she knows Millie's background from the beginning. Well, it kind of makes sense in hindsight whenever we talked about like the house being mm-hmm. immaculate versus clean because yeah. now Millie is in the attic where he can't put her. Exactly. So she can leave the house looking like shit. She can exactly. start looking like shit to where she couldn't before. Right. So all of this kind of starts on the downhill slope mm-hmm. after Millie's hired. Yeah. And it's really easy to get him and her together because not only is she someone that has a violent history Mm -hmm. um millie yeah millie um she's pretty Mm -hmm. and so she like nina knows that andrew's eye is going to turn towards her right she can force them two together while making herself seem pretty unstable Mm -hmm. and get andrew to kick her out without any actual physical consequences so she can take cc out of the house and be safe and get the fuck out yeah um while uh, Nina, or millie probably kills andrew <laughs> yeah and so we come to find out that millie went to jail for 10 years for murder mm-hmm. whenever she was like 17 years old there was yeah. somebody attacking her friend and she beat him to a pulp with a paperweight or something like that and um she was charged with murder, and her friend basically didn't, like, stick up for her. And uh, so there was really nobody on Millie's side. So her parents had – she was already kind of like a troubled child, like a problem child. And so her parents really just kind of washed their hands of her at that point in time. So really she has nobody – once she gets out of prison, has this felony charge, she's kind of um, 
Yeah. Left on her own. Shit out of luck. Yeah. And so that's where we find out that Nina purposely hired her because she did, in fact, do a background check Mm -hmm. and found her felony charge of murder. And so she's like, this girl is perfect. She's pretty. She's, you know, petite. Yeah. All the things. And um, so she'll be the perfect girl to take my place Mm -hmm. and hopefully kill Andrew. Yep. So, yeah. Um... Not much else really happens. Okay, what I can't remember is how Andrew ends up in the attic. Um, good question. So. I know she gets let out. So, Millie does, is eventually let out after she takes the, you know, what's the books off and everything. So, at this point, she's plotting how she's going to handle Andrew. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did she drug him or something? I don't remember. Or did she try to like, I don't know, have sexy time in the attic or something again? Oh. I honestly don't remember. I didn't write it down. Um, da, 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 da. I just, I just put Millie takes control. Yeah, yeah. There's some kind of way that she gets Andrew into the attic, and then she locks him in there. And I know she keeps him in there for, like, six days, so he dies. Yeah, no, he (laughs) – well, and she doesn't let him get off, you know, scot-free. And so she, like, locks it from the outside and has taken his phone and everything. And there's cameras in there so he can see what people are doing whenever they're in there. Mm -hmm. So she can see what he's doing. And she makes him take, like, the same pile of books or whatever and put it on his penis, like, lay down and, like, lay it on top of his junk um, for, like, five hours. And then she's like, oh, nope, you didn't do it right. You got to do it over. Maybe it was three hours or something. Um, And she, like, leaves him there. And she's like, okay, but you'll get let out. Just not yet. Yeah. Uh, And so she really becomes, you know, the sadistic one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, Nina and Enzo are in the hotel Mm -hmm. Um, finally enjoying their time together. <laughs> and then I kind of said, is Enzo in on it with Andy? Like, yeah. because obviously they hired him for a landscaper. Like, do we trust him? Who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know. The ending of it is fuzzy to me now. But I know Nina eventually goes back to the house. Because Enzo makes her. Right. And so Enzo said that Aunt Millie, because Millie doesn't come out of the house either. Right. Because she knows right. that Andrew's going to be reported missing. Yeah, and then she Enzo's ma- been like watching the house yeah and he said millie hasn't came out and so he thought millie was in danger that millie was in the attic again and so he's like nina you have to help her like you have to and so nina of course goes back to the house and is looking you know for millie or for andrew and she actually does go up there and unlock the door and open it Mm -hmm. and she sees andrew's dead body on the floor with like missing like blood coming out of his mouth from his missing teeth because she kept having a plot yeah and so we find out that whenever like the police and everything come come that and she talks with millie before the police come and millie tells her what happened Mm -hmm. but then we find out from like the police that he had like multiple missing teeth that had been pulled out with pliers Mm -hmm. um you know he was dehydrated you know starving at that point and that he had been dead for like a week at that point yeah um and so it's kind of like oh damn this is awful and then uh yeah we meet of evelyn which is um or we maybe we met her before but andy's mom mentioned a couple times like she had sent and she's a grade a bitch 
what what was the term you used for the last episode? Turbo cunt. Turbo cunt. Yeah, she is very much a turbo cunt. And I even said she probably did the same damn thing to Andy whenever he was little because right. she seemed like a sadistic, narcissistic motherfucker. Which she 1,000% did. Yes. She would lock him in the room, make him pull his own teeth. Well, because he wouldn't, he forgot to brush his teeth yeah. or something like that. And whenever he was like four years old, he forgot to brush his teeth. So she made him pull a tooth out yeah. because having, you know, healthy teeth is a privilege. Yeah. And so the same kind of thing that we find out later on, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, Evelyn should have probably been arrested too for, um, sure. for child abuse and neglect and all of the things. For sure. Um, and so we kind of find that, you know, what is it? Uh, Andrew's funeral mm-hmm. where um, Evelyn comes up to Nina and mm-hmm. says, I'm glad you taught him a lesson or something like that. Yeah. Well, and so then – Andrew, we find, too, at one point in the book, we find out that Andrew used to be engaged before Nina. Right. And it was like. It was the the sheriff's. Yeah. It was like the sheriff's daughter. He saw the, like, suspiciousness around this, but Mm -hmm. he knew who it was and he knew what Andrew had done to his daughter. Mm -hmm. So he was like. I'm going to look the other way. Yeah. I mean, so that basically everybody knew that it was foul play suspected um, whenever Andrew died. But because the sheriff or whoever it was, um, you know, the main officer on the case, detective, because his daughter went missing or had the same kind of side effects from yeah. Andrew, her relationship with Andrew, he knew that Andrew was abusive and sadistic. And so he was like, mm, well, it looks like he accidentally locked himself in the attic. Yeah. And that's that. Yep. Um, sucks. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, I her mom or his mom just being like, mm, good job. Good yeah. You taught him the ultimate uh, lesson. I guess, yeah, you taught him a lesson. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, no. Um, but and yeah. And uh, Millie and Enzo. Well, before that, Millie. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't remember the order, but Millie's interviewing, I know, at the end for a house yeah, housemaid yeah. job for another lady right. who Nina recommended Millie yeah, to. Or, her services. Yeah, Nina recommended Millie to this lady, um, and the lady's like, yeah, Nina Winchester speaks really highly of you and says that you would be a good fit, and then she kind of pulls, like, her shirt on her collarbone, and you can see bruises, Yeah, um, and she's, like, touching the knives while she talks to Millie, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why is she, like, touching her knives so seductively, yeah. but then you can kind of infer what she wants her to do, Yeah. Um, but yeah, while she's, like, about to interview or something, Enzo texts Millie and he's like, good yeah. luck, I'll see you tonight or something. Yeah, so they end up helping each other. Well, I, I just, together. I was about to say, I just figured that they were together and so I'm like, does that make Millie and Nina like Eskimo sisters or... <laughs> and, and, you know, I think it says like Nina's like on the West Coast or something now yeah, with CC and and they're living their best life, yeah, yeah whatever. But yeah, and so good. that was really, yeah, that was really the gist of the book. Um, I know last week I said that the book that we did, The Perfect Marriage by Geneva Rose, that it was an exact like replica of another book that I had read, but I was wrong. It was this book that was the exact <laughs> replica, like the same plot of another book that I had read. But again, I'm not going to mention um, in case you haven't read it or you are planning to, but very, very similar. So I'm wondering which one came first. We talked about it often. Mike and I read the one that she's talking about too and I do see a lot of the similarities. I mean it's sure. literally this like the, the same concept. This one's executed a lot better though. Yeah I think so too. I agree. I don't really remember the other one. Yeah it was kind of hard to remember because I've read it's been so long but yeah, it, yeah I definitely wasn't in, as enthused about that one as like whenever I read this one and like yeah. 
the plot twist was kind of foreseeable because I had read the other one. Right. And so I was kind of assuming that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was still, I mean, really, really good book. Yeah. When I read this. The book, writing was, was better. Like, okay, where is this going? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. 100%. And then, yeah. And like I said, as I've read more Freedom McFadden books, there, especially some more than others, there have been times where I'm like, this is the most obvious thing you're set. Like, I know you're setting me up, Frida. Uh-huh. I know you're setting me up. Where is this going to go? And then she's like, surprise, motherfucker. always surprised. It's such a good time. Yep. But yeah. Um, good book. Scale of 1 to 10. Where are you giving it? I'm going to say 8 out of 10. I was going to say 8 too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, really good. I haven't read The Housemaid Secret, but it's on my list. Um, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the sequels are never really as good as the first book because, it, especially when the first book is like really good and sets yeah. the expectation really high, I think the sequels are just kind of a letdown sometimes. I had the same kind of feeling as I did with Don't Kill Me, all you Colleen Hoover fans out there. As it, start with with us. it starts with us, yeah, where it was like fine, but it wasn't necessary. Um, I did like it starts with us more than the sequel to this book, though. Sure. Like, I, I was just bored the first half. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It felt like Rush in the facts. Like, I don't know. It just didn't seem like a story that needed to be told. Sure. Yeah. Could have gone without. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I yeah. will continue to read Freedom McFadden. Yeah, of course. I actually bought, um, or down, like I said, I downloaded some other books from yeah. Kindle that I can't wait to read from her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, eight out of ten. Um, what are your takeaways? Um, if something is too good to be true, it, it is. probably is. It probably is. Don't ignore the red flags or the gut feelings. If there's yeah. a lock on the outside of the f- door, don't fucking don't sleep in there. In there. Don't, don't, don't even walk it, don't even walk through the threshold. No, because listen, I don't care. If you're if you're in a an in-house and the position, window is painted shut. Yeah. No. If you're an in-house position, like you're living in someone's house that has a grand, beautiful, nice house, and they're making you stay in the attic, something is wrong. Something is fucked up. Something is very, very wrong. There's no way that house only had two bedrooms. Yeah. No way. There's no way. Well, no, it did have a guest bedroom, but she said it was for guests. Yeah, and so only have one guest bedroom. There's no with it. I think because I think it said it was like three stories or something. Yeah, like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, Mm -mm. the math was not mathing there. No, it definitely wasn't. But when you're desperate. Desperate you times. Some shit. Yeah. You'll put up and that's while she that's why she put up with the shit for yeah. so long and all the craziness. Yeah. Um, because money talks. Yeah. But it don't talk that loud for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just depends on what it's saying. For now it doesn't. Yeah, for now. <laughs> you know? Um, did you picture anybody in particular for the uh characters? I didn't. I just enjoyed the fact that the main last name was Winchester. <laughs> that's it so are you got. are you picturing like uh either of the winchester brothers for andy no, 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 no. Oh, okay no. i mean i could kind of see it i could kind of see it i mean the the actors that play them could absolutely be it yeah that's what i'm saying especially from the way they're described but yeah that's what i'm saying um i think that uh oh shit i don't know which one's which but <laughs> the darker haired one i think it could be him um sam was dean and gilmore girls I, I, did, I didn't I didn't watch Gilmore Girls. Don't hate me. Hair. I, no, I'm not, gonna hate not, him, not him. 
The short-haired one. Dean. So, Jensen Ackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm picturing for... Jensen Ackles for everything. For every single character, that's who we're picturing. I think we need to tag him in this episode. Um, uh, yeah. But, yeah. All right. Well, we didn't really do much of a picture, picture this for this particular book, but open for interpretation. Let us know who you think should play these characters. Yeah. Hypothetically, should... if it was made into a screenplay. Right. And what we should do next. Yeah. Any suggestions? We may have an idea. Something? Yeah, I think we do. No, I think we have a yeah. The the Nightingale. Yes. By yes. Kristen Hanna. Yeah. Hanna. I don't know. I don't know how you say her last name. I don't know. I assume Hanna. But <laughs> I assume Hanna too. But you know, Kristen Hanna Hanna. Uh, yeah, it's a thick book. So either read the Cliff's Notes or read the book. Yeah. And um, catch up with us in a couple weeks whenever the episode drops. Uh. And then be sure to rate, review, listen, subscribe, follow, whatever all the terms are. All the terms. All the terms. And then follow us on Instagram at Books Banter Podcast. And then Facebook, we have a page, Books Booze and Banter Podcast. And if you want to email us for any reason, Books Banter Podcast at gmail.com. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So you have our drinks, you have our book recommendation. And let us know what you think. Please and thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.